0: Hey, oh my gosh, this is a super, super fun um, episode. I've been admiring Elaine um, and the work that she does because she's a coach, a color coach, and I'm like so color clueless. So I think I first ran across her with some um, Facebook ads and she has this really nice clean Kajabi website. Y'all know, I'm super huge fan um, of Kajabi. That's what we use over at my other business, Click Branding but uh, her website's uh, expertcolorsolutions.com, and I got to know about like the tools and different things she has for sale on her site, so I had purchased the Fearless formulation tool because I've been wanting something that shows like the color swatches, and then she has this hair sp- styles inspiration card deck, and I love all things card decks. My friend, Majel Julian, she created one, and I bought one from her, so every time I have a friend that makes a deck, um, I like to buy them and sort of support their business, and then Elaine was super sweet and included a copy of her, of her book, uh, A Colorful Journey. So I'm excited for you to dig in. She's super passionate about, like, she is geeked out like nobody else on color. And she's just here to, sh- to share some tips. So let's dig in. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to Elaine um, after the show. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you're having an awesome day. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Hair Obsessed. I have a phenomenal guest today who I'm super pumped to talk to you. Elaine is going to introduce herself. She's got her own podcast, she's an online educator, she's got a salon. We're going to dig into all the good stuff because I want to get to know Elaine and I want to share her goodness with you. So tell us about
1: what you do, Elaine. And Thank you, you so much. <laughs> My name is Elaine Travis. I have been in the industry for 35, I think I'm going on 36 years license. Uh, the first- 17 years, I owned a traditional salon where I did everything, waxing, haircuts, kids' cuts, bridal, updos, you know, the whole the whole ball of wax. And then I had the brilliant, but not so brilliant idea of opening a second location. And I was obsessed with hair color always from the beginning of my career, but I, I didn't know that I could just do that. You know, it just didn't, wasn't an option back 35 years ago. It, I'm sure it was, but right. I didn't know about it. Um, So when I opened the second location, I said, perfect time to cut the ties with all of the stuff that I don't like doing anymore, like the, you know, the hairy taffy little kid haircut and so forth. So I decided to specialize from my 17th year in the industry up until about three years ago when I made the decision to walk away from behind the chair and start to put 100% of my time into paying it all forward and sharing with new stylists, all that I had learned in becoming a color specialist. So that's what I do now. I teach both in person and virtually, which thank God I was prepared to be virtual with (laughs) the year that we just had. Um, I, I had a weird COVID experience. I almost had a bit of like survivor guilt, you know, because I was so set up For that was like the perfect storm for my new business. Um, Most hairdressers were like, oh, how can I learn virtually? That's weird. You know, you need to be in person. So they were so open to the information and to getting together virtually that it was, it was actually a great year for me to, to get some traction on, on this new business. So I felt bad about it. I mean, I, I saw both sides of it because I still do have a salon. So I saw what that did to our salon business. But the mm-hmm. education piece of it was new for me and and ended up being a blessing. So I think I think overall, I'm sure you'll agree Covid has been both sides blessing and curse in so many ways, especially mm-hmm. to our industry. There was a lot broken prior to Covid mm-hmm. that needed to be fixed, but I think it just magnified. It was like a ginormous global magnifying glass mm-hmm. showing us what we were not getting right. so
0: Times, I know was, times are changing. <laughs> it was crazy because I was in school when the whole COVID thing happened. And I remembered like me and one of my classmates were like, yeah, this, this seems kind of serious. Like we should go online. And our directors were like, no, it's not going to hit us. We'll be fine. We'll be back in school. So I got to do the whole, like, no, you're not in school. And they weren't prepared to be online. I was like, I can teach you how to teach us online. And so we had to wait till we went um, back into the classroom. But I remember like we were graduating like right before Thanksgiving, and my teacher, bless her heart, she was like, wanted to have a party for us and like out of her pocket. And she was like, Guys, I want to have this party for you, but I have no idea like how I'm gonna even pay for Christmas now. Cause she's like, I can't go to work and I have two little boys. And like, who would ever think that your livelihood would just completely be yanked from underneath you? Now, like you and me, we believe in not having all our eggs in one basket, so then we're prepared. Or situations like that, but it really did surprise some people because who would imagine you could not go to work and cut people's hair, like that's just crazy.
1: And, and who would imagine the, the aftermath now is so many stylists were already struggling to make a decent wage. And then the government comes out with these free money checks that made everybody so happy. So if people weren't fully invested and thriving, It was almost better to stay home and now salon owners are like where did everyone go like right now there's such a big recruitment issue because people are like i'm getting free money and they want to pay me eight dollars an hour i'm not going in there and folding towels and you know scrubbing floors for eight dollars an hour when i can sit home and get this money but what they're not it's like being short-sighted they're not seeing the down the road ramifications of you know all that time you could have been in their building because so many, so many stylists left completely. You know, did people they? More, more my age were like, peace out. Like if they were kind of teetering on the edge of getting out from behind the chair, this really pushed them over the edge because they realized what things they did not miss in the chaos of what their life was like. See, our generation, we squeezed major people and we would see 15 clients in a day. And Mm -hmm. the newer generation, you know, everybody complains about millennials and says, oh, they're so lazy and they're not motivated. No, they're smart. (laughs) They're not killing themselves. Our hair jobs. Yeah. Yeah. We ruined our body. I mean, I could start at the top of my head and go all the way to my toes and tell you things that are wrong with my body from abusing it behind the chair, you know, with like letting clients just completely take over all of my free time, all of my lunch times, all of my days off and coming in early, staying late, all of those things take a toll on your body over a certain amount of years. And unfortunately, we're also from the generation of we're not worthy of charging the correct prices. Mm -hmm. So we have to see 15 clients a day to make the same amount of money as people who see seven clients or five clients a day. Yeah, so, it's it's shaking everything. It's shaking the older generation up, the middle, and the young. It's everybody has been affected by this, and I think for once in the history of our industry, I think for the first time, everyone has empathy for for the other person, and they can finally see it from another perspective. So it's it's a good thing, but it's also the commission salons are really struggling because everyone thinks that they can suddenly just have their own business aka a suite but they yeah. don't realize what comes along with that responsibility so there's there's a lot of a lot of tumultuous change that uh is gonna kind of sift everything's gonna be sifted I, I just picture like a big thing with flour in it like whatever is gonna stay is gonna stay and a lot of stuff is gonna fall through the cracks and there's gonna be a lot of turned upside down businesses as a result
0: is your salon is that a commission based salon or because we are a commission
1: and we are uh departmentalized so that was always tough with recruiting because most people just right out of school are like well i don't know if i like cutting or color better so we when they're assisting we have them help with everyone and we say like see what you're drawn to if you catch yourself in your off time watching somebody do a balayage versus a razor cut, chances (laughs) are you're leaning more towards color. Um, Some people will choose color because they know that the color has a higher ticket, but they don't have the passion for it. And it never works. Like you can't just go for it for the money. Like you have to really have a passion for color because there's a lot to it. As you know, I mean, it can easily go sideways if you don't really understand color theory um, and that that's the crux of my new business is basic color theory. I can teach advanced corrective color and balayage and all of those things, but the people that are finding me are finding me after 15 years in the industry and still do not properly formulate and don't really understand what they're mixing together. So that's been a big aha moment for me that what I thought I I geared my business to the new person coming out of school. Uh, I don't have a single person. Really? Because I I have 300 members and not a single one is right out of school.
0: No way. Cause I feel like, so, I mean, I've been out of school since like Thanksgiving and I call myself color clueless. Like I remember (laughs) we, um, like our school used Goldwell. So my teacher, like we spent like an entire day in just like the classroom of her trying to explain it. And that my brain just does not work like that. I was like, I need to get my hands on. And even during school, like in our clinics, we were like, we didn't understand color. They didn't teach us toner. It was just like mix this and this. And then I got out into the real world and I was like, now there's like color melts and all this and that and all these things. Like we just did basic like root retouch. or you know, the highlights, it was so basic, which I think hair was kind of basic back in the day. And now these Pinterest pictures and and like, it's crazy what people want on their hair, the time and money involved. And I'm like, if your hair does not look like that naturally, you're going to have to spend a lot of time and money to get it to look like that. And I don't know if
1: consumers really understand how much goes into this art that they want on their head. (laughs) Absolutely, as soon as you have the conversation on pricing and upkeep, the story changes real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And it's easy for me to say, you know, I could do a class and say, okay, let's get that Pinterest worthy picture in three less steps. Like I can get you there that way, but if I'm not there with you and you go to do it yourself, you can do the most perfect foil service and then you pick the wrong toner and you just create your own corrective color because you didn't really understand how toner formulas work. Right. Um, hair color companies, unfortunately, their marketing people will say, oh, they're hairdressers. Let's keep it simple. Let's not confuse them. So. They do what's considered a pre-mixed, pre-blended shade, which I'm sure with Goldwell, you had like a, a CR or a CG or something like that, with two bases in the same tube. Mm-hmm. So the color company did that thinking, we don't know how to mix a C and an R because we're so dumb. Um, <laughs> so put it in the same tube. But then they didn't really articulate. What they did in that tube, like how much of the first letter, how much of the second letter, is it equal? Do we assume it's equal? Some companies are, you know, 75% the first thing, 25% the next thing. Do you know that? Each color company is different. So that's where the confusion comes in where people were so used to the three squirts of three different tubes, Hail Mary approach that now they're doing the three squirts of three tubes that have two colors in each tube so now we're putting six Six color things into a bowl which in essence if you break it down which i love to do i see light bulbs and firecrackers going off when i break it down (laughs) i say you know you put a um you know uh, a, a natural ash so you have like red, yellow, and blue for your natural, and then ash is could be like three parts blue. So now you have four parts blue. Like when you break it down like that, people are like, oh my gosh, no wonder it looked like rat fur brown, you know, like they created <laughs> a big muddy mess being fancy. Right. So I think that's the biggest problem is is really understanding how simple it really can be Um, Usually two, no more than two shades together is plenty because of the whole background and all the other stuff that's going on. And the biggest, biggest, biggest aha moment that I'm going to share with you because you're right out of school is knowing that 50% of what you're not seeing in the bowl is in your formula because it's in the hair. So right off the bat, this head is bringing 50% to the party. Right. So if you're mixing up this witch's brew with all these bright red colors and the person has black hair and you're putting it on their hair and you think you're putting this red on top of this black if you're not lifting properly you're like, oh my gosh, she has flaming hot roots and her ends are still black. So there's a lot to do with like porosity and texture and density. And there's so many things that like you said you're in school and the teacher hands you the bowl or the bottle and you're like, okay put it on, set the timer do this, pray, and sometimes it turns out and sometimes it doesn't, but it's usually accidentally fabulous.
0: Yeah, well, I had like, and I don't know what happened in this situation. I had somebody, I lifted her hair and then I put purple on her, like I used direct dye violet from my color line and it took like violet in some, in most of the spots, but this one piece up in the front of her hair, like wouldn't hold the red for nothing. So everywhere was violet. And then this one spot turned like smurf blue.
1: I could probably had too much yellow left behind. Too much yellow left behind.
0: Cause everywhere
1: else- Or it could behind. have been a really white piece. Sometimes we go so far past the yellow into the white that it won't hold anything. Oh. So most direct eyes have blue and green in them. Even when they're like fuchsia and all those crazy colors, they all fade to that funky, weird smurf color. Um, so direct eyes are a whole other ball game and mad props to the people who nail them because that is not my forte at all. <laughs> I never never claim to be um, an expert in that, but I am starting to see the benefit of doing an overlay with a direct eye for some of those more vibrant reds, like get the hair red to begin with, but then give it that little pop of an overlay that is more my style to do it that way than to turn somebody, you know, the colors of the rainbow. Yeah. It's never been my, my thing, <laughs> but it's that's definitely an art. More natural.
0: Yeah, so I know if I had to pick like color versus, and I know you've studied with tons of mentors and things, like how do you pick somebody that's new like me or somebody that's seasoned that's like, hey, I never got, good at cutting or I never got good at color and I like one or the other to focus in on that because I wanna be good at both, but I feel like when I'm doing like a haircut, it feels like it does feel more like artistic to me. It's like, if somebody's got short hair, like how do I make the short hair on this side, even with my guide going the whole, like how do you really make the hair on this side that's short the same size as the hair on this side because you like, you have to go around the head. So it's like kind of like technically challenging But at the same time, like I want to get better at it. But then the other times I'm like, do I want to like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's like the better thing to like focus on and say, like, I'm going to, like, how does somebody decide if they're going to focus in on cutting or coloring?
1: I think just doing it. I think you find you have a gut reaction. I call it my hairy lip response. If I would look at my schedule and I would go down the column and my lip would automatically give like a... (laughs) and it would always be a men's cut you know I would have like highlight highlight touch up you know women's cut blah, 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 and it would be men's cut and I would go oh. because they're as picky and demanding as women but their price was always half or you know a lot less than a women's cut um, and the men are getting more and more metrosexual and more like you know they'll measure their, their sideburns and they'll do this in the mirror and they're like just keep playing with a certain piece. And I'm like, seriously, dude, I could have done a $400 highlight in the amount of time it took me to cut your four hairs. <laughs> so like you just start to naturally have that uh, factor. And then I say, just stop doing what it is that you don't love. You don't have to stop cold turkey and say, I'm never doing another haircut. But for me, updos were always a challenge. And I yeah. would get myself literally sick the night before a bridal party. And it was my salon. <laughs> I owned the salon. I had full power to say no. It just never occurred to me that that was okay. Yeah. So I would put a bride or a bridesmaid in my book and I'd be up the night before like, "Oh my god, I don't know what her hair texture is. I don't know if she has soft hair, if it's going to hold a curl, right. I don't know what kind of updo she wants and I'm trying to like form it in my head." And I look back and I'm like, "Not only did I not enjoy doing it, I wasn't good at it, so the result was never stellar." And This is what happens that most people don't realize with bridal hair. If you have a passion for brides and bridal hair, that's amazing because you're always going to have them on your book and it's fine. But if you are a, you know, multi-potential hairdresser that does every single service known to man, when you have a bridal party on a busy Saturday, every single cycle, which is like your four to six week, you know, haircut person, touch up person every single cycle from that day forward, you have a dead day because the bridal party is a one-time thing. So I kept noticing that cycle and I was like, I don't want that bridal party that day. Like there's there's no amount of money I can charge them that's worth having a hole in my book every six weeks for the rest of the year, right. unless you're super proactive and say, okay, I have a bride, bride here. Let me do yeah. a promotion to fill that day you know, five, six weeks from now, but most people don't think ahead. We look at our book and we accept what's on it. You're like, oh, this is what I have and that's it. So I think that's why so many hairstylists leave the industry because they're not being smart about it and they're not planning for those holes, those ruts, those weird spots. And they're not being choosy about who their ideal client is that they want in their chair. Go for more of what you love. And then, like when I decided to specialize in color, I never had a day I didn't want to go to work. I was always excited to be there. Corrective color, you know, challenging things that other salons couldn't fix. People would come to me, and I would be delighted to fix it because I was challenged. I wasn't bored because I understood how to simply fix it. We had a girl come in. You were talking about that weird blue green. She tried to do a a hombre, you know, one of those (laughs) hombre kits. Somehow, some way. I don't know how she ended up with this like electric blue, which she was lightening her hair, I don't know. But she went to another salon and their knee jerk reaction most times for all stylists is bleach. Get in there and bleach it. Well, a lot of times bleach just exacerbates the problem and isn't taking it out because direct dyes, some of them, especially the consumer types have like carpet dye in it. It's not regular hair dye. So she was a mess. They cut off inches of her hair. She came to us. She was in tears. Her senior portraits, of course, were the next time. Oh my God. So we calmly, because we didn't try to bleach it and do all that stuff. We calmly looked at it and we were like, okay, now it's like a pale blue. It's like the palest blue. So if you go across your color wheel and take the same thing that made it the crazy color. So in that case, it most likely was a direct dye. So if you take a direct dye in an orange and- Put it on top of that blue you're going to naturalize it you're not neutralizing it you're naturalizing it you're turning it into a color that can then be covered over because it's a normal color so we applied an orange color 15 minutes rinsed it out put redkin shades of roots to ends she looked exactly like her god-given color for her portraits we saved the day and it was simple so i think sometimes we panic and we start throwing bleach on things. And then we we create a bigger correction and hair loss and stretching and all that stuff that was never really necessary. So knowledge is power with hair color for sure. Just understanding the basic fundamentals that we all rolled our eyes at in beauty school and didn't want to pay attention to. <laughs> I saw somebody post in a group and
0: if I can find it somewhere, it's saved on my computer, I know where a guy did he took direct dyes and he made her just look natural from all these like cross and then he kind of did like a color theory he's like okay for those of you who don't understand how this actually works he's like i can't promise your results but this this crosses out this and it was very interesting so i'll try to find what post and what group that was in that was i was like wow like you can use direct dye to make brown hair like that's super cool um so when you were going straight to just doing color at your salon did you just have other stylists there like book them like because how do you coordinate that too of like well I'm going to do this
1: color and they're going to do this cut that seems like logistically it might be kind of crazy to figure out. it really was in the beginning it was a big hurdle but the the beauty of it was it was a brand new business it was the second salon location so I went in with that model so if I were to try to do that at my original location just be like oh I'm not coming here anymore it would have been much more (laughs) difficult but I had told my clients six months in advance. I had had them have a haircut with one of my other stylists with me right there. Like we had eased everybody into it. And it was, it was tragic for some, because at this point I had been doing, you know, a kid's, I started out with a kid's cut and now they were graduating high school and I was the only one that ever touched their hair. So they were like, what do you mean? You're not cutting my hair anymore. But I had girls that were so much more passionate about cutting that loved doing that all day. And once they got one cut with them, they saw the love and passion that was not there for my haircut. My haircut was always on point. My blowout was horrendous. Really? Like you do not want me styling your hair for any occasion, my own included. Um, it just was not my thing. And instead of continuing to feel frustrated, I just, from the very beginning, we had two cut and two color. So we were always able to coordinate when a client started with us, they started with whoever their colorist was, whoever their stylist was, and then the beauty of computers is we could tell our system, you know, schedule same as this time and they knew how much time we needed and all of that stuff. So it's been it's been great ever it was the best thing I ever did for my career. It made the last 17 years so much more pleasant than the first with just accepting anything that landed in my chair.
0: Yeah. And I, am a firm believer in that the minute it feels like work, like I don't want to do it. I've been self-employed for 16 years myself. And if, as long as I'm having fun and it's fun, I mean, granted it, there can be challenges and frustrations and things, but overall you like, I don't know why they call it work. I think it should be called play. Cause it's fun to do when you're in that zone of genius. So I, so any of you listening, like work should not feel like work, work should feel like fun. If it's not fun, you need to find a way to make it more fun and, and put that passion back into it because we're not here to just make a living and be done with it. We're here to like really live passionately and do what we love. And then other people feel that too. Um, like I got a massage one time at a massage like franchise place. And it was like the worst massage I had in my life. Cause I was like, this person's just there clocking a paycheck Whereas I'm it's used to getting so with from my friend who's like infusing like love in like every single touch that she does because it's her business and her passion. And she's not just showing up for a paycheck. So you can totally feel that love when somebody's servicing you.
1: 100%. What brought you to the industry?
0: Oh my gosh. Well, I I just thought it would be fun. <laughs> I just thought it would be fun to do hair. And like, I've always struggled with finding somebody that can do my hair right. And I was like, I'm gonna learn how to do my hair. It wasn't until I was 40 that I found a hairdresser that gave me like a cotton color. And even now, like my hair doesn't get brassy, but for 40 like it would get I get highlights and it would get all brassy. And then I would go to the salon, I'd be like driving in my car and then catch the light and I'd be like, Oh, I need to go get these highlights freshened up. But since I've been in school and using better products. I'm like, wait a minute, my hair's never gotten brassy. What the heck were these stylists putting on my hair that made it (laughs) do that? So um, yeah, just for fun, like people take cooking lessons. I thought I'm gonna go to beauty school. I wanted to go when my daughter was in kindergarten. My husband worked 70 hours a week, so not an option. And then he sold his business last year and it became an option. We were moving full-time to our, we relocated to our cabin, sold our house, sold his business. And then I was like, you know what? I wonder if there's a beauty school there. I lived five minutes from a beauty school. I just couldn't get there. It was like nine to five. I was like, that's like a job. I don't do that. It's not flexible for me. So I moved up here and I took a waitressing job because I was taking a break from everything online. Like I literally just needed to step away from online. I needed the people right before COVID happened. And then, uh, so I was waitressing and one of the teachers was, one of the waitresses was a teacher at a city called Elmira. And I was like, ooh, that must be big. Maybe they have a beauty school. So sure enough, I remember I was packing socks in my bedroom and Googling. They had a class starting. It was like a Wednesday in November lane. How random is that? I'm moving next Wednesday in November. It was so random. So I went up and I interviewed at the school and I was like, I want to join. I literally signed up the day before classes started.
1: That's awesome.
0: Super fun but also because I do life coaching and I thought, you know, I got to walk my talk. Like, this is something I've always wanted to do. And I'm like, if I don't do it now, when am I ever going to do it? And also because I was staring down the barrel of an empty nest, I'm like, I'm going to be a mess when she goes to college. I'm going to, I don't need to work from home anymore when she's in school. That's why I work from home now. And um, I was like that. So I called it my anti-empty nest plan. And I told my husband, like, this is going to help me top so if I can build for four years by the time she's graduated then I'll have found my groove started a salon you know whatever it is that I choose to do will be done and I won't be like 50 and trying to like figure it out so
1: that's so smart and it's I just answered somebody in a forum this morning she said I'm in my 40s and I'm thinking about beauty school is that a silly idea and I answered and said the people that start later in life see the the quickest success because number one, you're 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 choosing to do it. You're not in high school saying, oh, I don't want to go to college. This is the only thing that I can <laughs> do besides welding. You know, it's not like a, a oh, I'll just try this. You have a desire and a passion. And what's beautiful is the toughest thing when you're starting out at like 19, when you get out of beauty school, is most clients look at you like you're so young, you're such a baby, how could you possibly have enough experience? And when someone walks in, in their 40s, they assume you have 25 years of experience, there's an <laughs> assumption there. And there's no fear. And half the battle with a relationship with a client is that trust, right. getting that trust going and and that comfort of the client. So I think it's, it's a, a win win. Um, you don't have to you know, live home with mom and dad and and work for eight dollars an hour and not be able to support yourself. You're you're married, you have, you know, yeah. money together. It's it's not as urgent. So you can really take your time and take advantage of mentorships and apprenticeships versus struggling to try to figure it out quick on your own because you need to make money quick. So I think it's awesome.
0: Well and also I'm like I would get sad sometimes thinking like, oh these young girls, you know, I'm older than their moms. And they've got their whole life to do this fun, creative career. And I was like, oh wait, by the time they're 43, they're going to be broken. Like their bodies, like, so it's almost a perfect time to start it because I can just do one day a week or whatever it is that I want to do. And it's not taking that physical toll on my body. And even if I do it for 20 years, I'll still be, you know, in my early sixties and have 20 years in and not be like
1: 40 years in. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because one of, one of the issues in our industry is hairdressers don't retire, they die basically, you know, it's like, there's no hard lined age of like, oh, I work to this age, like the way it is in the corporate world. Yeah. Um, a lot of my husband's friend, my husband's 57 and a lot of his friends are retiring because they had city government jobs where it was your time in there versus your age. Yeah. So they're able to walk away, they get their full paycheck for the rest of their life and don't have to work. And I'm like, that is never gonna happen to a hairdresser. And hairdressers by and large normally are very into fun cars and you know designer handbags and getting dressed up and spending money on dinners out. And we're very in the moment kind of people. And if anybody's listening that is young, please do not do that because I am now in my 50s and I don't have as much of a nest egg as I should for how much money I made a great living in yeah. here. I, I was never out of all of my friends. I was always the happiest and made the most money. Um, so it wasn't for lack of money. It was for lack of keeping money. I always was a saver. I saved to spend it was like (laughs) I had a big thing that I wanted and I would suck my tips away for the big thing and then buy the big thing and then have to start all over again Mm -hmm. so I think you know getting that IRA 401k whatever you can do the earlier you start like my kids have started on the retirement below 25 because they're going to learn from my mistake and not you know have to stand on their feet well into their 50s and 60s so yeah. definitely plan for the future. Cause look at what happened with COVID who would ever think that that would happen. And if you didn't have money to live off of, you are in trouble. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know. We just, you just never know what crazy things can happen. And that's why I, I mean, I booth rent. So in Pennsylvania, I can't even work in the state I live in because my school was in New York and I booth rent there, but that was kind of my only options. Cause no, there weren't salons hiring. And I did shadow somebody who was retiring. Um, She was like in her early fifties or just turned 50. And she was like, she was done. It was so funny to see her her clients like literally, I think thought that they were going to change her mind. They were like literally crying, like that she wasn't going to do their hair anymore. And they are like, if you come out of retirement or like, I'll come to your house. And like, they just did not understand that she was done, done. doing it.
1: And when you're done, you're done for sure. I, I can relate to that because you loved it so much that when you're in it, you can't imagine ever being done. But then when you start to slowly we like, I went from five days to four days to three days to two days to, you know, flying back to just work, you know, one day every how many weeks. Now I'm strictly, you know, I'll do hair for a model for my education. Okay. Um, but I don't see paying clients anymore. So I can relate to when you know you're done, you're done. Like, I can't even imagine being in a salon and seeing 10 clients right now. It's just that that part of my life is over, but but I love being able to share my experience with other people who are still in it. Um, I think the biggest frustration as an educator is people that take what you're saying and don't believe you or listen to you and they have to learn the hard way. It's hard to watch because um, you know you can help them, but they, they're they not there yet. They're just not in that place to really be able to hear it. And you said you're a life coach. I'm also a life coach. And that's the hardest part of that is hearing somebody and hearing what they're saying and, and knowing that they're doing the opposite of what they should be doing, but you can't show them that until they hit rock bottom is very frustrating.
0: Yeah. I'm going to pull up your website here. We'll take a look. You know, that's actually how I found you from like a Facebook ad. Did you know? Oh, that? cool. Very cool. I find, I find lots of cool things from one of my favorite bras, 3am from a Facebook
1: oh, ad. Oh, <laughs> I, I need a new bra. You just send me that.
0: Nix, K-N-I-X.com. So, yeah, I love that you like focus on color, because for me, I was like, I'm color clueless. And it's so interesting that you're finding people that are not the new beginners that you thought your audience was. And I do remember reaching out to, I think some people, cause I was like looking into your program and um, somebody was like, I have been doing hair for like 20 or 30 years and color always scared me until like Elaine showed me how to do it. And now it totally makes sense to me and I love doing it. So that's like fantastic. So you got your get your top 10 tips for free, which I totally have that. Um, so you got your podcast, and if you want to like elaborate on anything here, your YouTube channel, all this stuff, and kind of elaborate what you do there, you're welcome. Yeah,
1: this fearless formulation tool is amazing. Um, to really understand yeah, I need the of predictability the- of formulation. Like you can use that tool and say, okay, I'm, um, you know, I'm Um, lightening the hair this many levels. This is where I'm going to land on the chart where it shows you what warmth is going to be there. And then you can look across the wheel and see what you need to use. So that's something new that I offer. The inspiration deck is fun. You know, there's nothing worse than the backroom bitching that people do when they're not busy. I say have this deck with you and learn something on your downtime. So it's quotes from other hairstylists. We have a lot of famous stylists in there that shared their favorite quotes and we also have little tips and tricks on hair in there I always tell people when you want to get started with me get the book either the ebook or the paperback okay. um, the, the book is like an overview I think if you scroll all the way down it's on there okay. um, it's an overview of my style of teaching hair color um, getting into a little bit of like the math equation that I use for the universal law of lift um, you know, how to avoid brassiness, all of that kind of stuff. And then after the book, usually people are left wanting a little more. They're like, oh, I'm starting to get this, what's next? The what's next is my um, fearless formulation workshop. It's a three-part, that's it there, fearless formulation challenge. It's a three-part challenge all about formulation. Then after that, there's Hair Color Simplified, which is a, a do-it-yourself, go-at-your-own-pace course. And then my ultimate package is the membership, which includes basically all the above and more with coaching. We uh, get together monthly on Zoom and do live coaching calls. Um, and I go live every Wednesday in my coffee chats on my Expert Color Solutions Facebook page. And those coffee chats also get put up on YouTube. So coffee chat and YouTube is how to find me live free. And then if you want to get into any paid education, it's all there on the
0: the website is there a link to your uh, facebook group from your from your website um scroll all it, the way down there might be, or it
1: can or is it on your link i tree? know it's it's in my yeah it's in my link tree it should be
0: so there's there's your link tree for anybody watching the video here and i found that from she's uh expert color solutions uh, on Instagram, I think I'm logged in for my hair account. I thought I was following you, so I'll follow
1: you there. <laughs> I need all the followers I can get. I've been at Instagram for way too long. Well, you know what? Still, still hover at the same numbers. It oh drives me crazy. It's very Like, literally, like.
0: 16, 70 or something. It's like crazy. I remember I got to 500 and I got to a thousand and then I was like, yes, I'm chugging,
1: chugging. And then it just like, it's like, well, okay. you know what, you know what happens that's really annoying is a lot of hairstylists are going from that vanity metric number and they're going on, you know, you'll see it on Facebook. They'll be like, follow me and I'll follow you back. And everybody jumps on the bandwagon because they want to see their number go up. And then those people go unfollow. and unfollow you. And not only that, when they follow you, like for me, it's great. Cause I want hairdressers to follow me because I teach, but if I were building a hair Instagram for my own salon work, I don't want a bunch of hairdressers following me right. and building up that number. I want people that are going to actually come to me and get my hair done. So it really doesn't make sense when it comes to that.
0: Yeah. I don't play the follow like unfollow game. And I teach, I have an Instagram course and people ask me all the time, like, what do you do? I'm like, who has time for that? I'm like, if you follow me, like follow me because you want to follow me.
1: Follow Follow me or or don't, but don't play games. Yeah, it's
0: crazy. Who has time for that? So cool. So that's where where you can find you. And I didn't, I don't know that I saw that swatch book thing. I totally need that. I totally need the fearless formulation tool. I love the deck. So I'm going to get that. I'm going to check out your membership and all that, because did you just roll out your membership? I feel like maybe when I was on here, you didn't have that.
1: Is that new? Um, No, that's not new. That's been about, I would say, two full years, because I do a a big launch twice a year, so okay, Um, May, we just had one of our big launches, but COVID um, prompted me to... Just have open enrollment. So many people would miss the launch and then write to me, you know, a month later and be like, I want to join your membership. I'm like, oh, you have to wait till November. And I'm like, this is silly. Like they want it now, you know? So the more the merrier. So I just have open enrollment. But during the launch periods, you get lots of fun extra bonuses. It's kind of okay. like a party to roll it out twice a year. Okay. So when's the next one coming up in the fall? The next official launch is November, but you can join before then. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's May and November. I do a big launch. And then October is my revival event. That's when I bring other fabulous educators together. There's eight educators over two days. It's all virtual. And that's October 17th and 18th. Amazing. So that may not be on my link tree yet. We're doing the marketing now for this year. I did it last year during COVID and it was amazing. We had a great, great turnout, great um, event. So we're going to try to make that an annual thing and just keep bringing new. This year we have two australian educators one from ireland so we made it more of an international cast so i'm excited about that
0: oh if you need it if you want more international educators sophie b episode maybe 10ish or so she's hilarious and she's actually a color expert too because the uk i didn't realize it's totally different it's like unregulated and no schooling but she basically like got stuck in the color like they were like oh like cutting was like the thing you did over there and you did not want to get stuck in the color room and she got stuck in the color room and she loved it and she thought if I'm going to learn this and do this I'm going to figure it out and so she kills it with the color and that's she's like never even done like
1: a, I don't know she does no hair cutting like ever she just I've heard of her I heard that she's doing stuff very similar I think she also does online virtual education. Membership, yeah. I, take, stuff like I that. took yeah. her
0: class and I was like, I had my mannequin. I thought I'd like be already, but it was just her like really explaining like the theory and how the hair falls when you're doing the highlights. And it, it was phenomenal. Like I, it was, it was awesome, but I didn't need my mannequin, but it's like three hours of her just like, she's so sassy and just going, going. And it was, it's pretty cool. Awesome. So you yeah. have to
1: reach out. Sorry. Yeah. We're full for this year, but that's great to know. Cause I always like to switch it up and have new people to keep people motivated. and she will
0: totally like capture your audience like they will be like who is this lady like she's so entertaining <laughs> and yeah she's very memorable um okay yes. so speaking of branding i
1: love your website did you have a branding team do that for you are you a DIY? um the the original logo that swirly thing in the o in color that was something that i had you know someone who does that for a living so that was the original Um, start to everything on the site. And then the rest has just been my daughter. She's my virtual assistant and she, yeah, she just keeps everything on brand and does everything in my colors. So it's nice because she gets it. I don't have to keep reminding her what the brand is. Now, is that what she's going to do? Something with design or? She does it now, but she also, she uh, runs the salon back in BA. So she's doing both as well. She's like you. She's <laughs> a multitasking uh, hand, little hand in everything, which is. I know.
0: I'm like one day I'm designing websites. Next time I'm doing a retouch. And yep. for all y'all business geeks or want to have online business too, you'll see a little Kajabi at the bottom. So Elaine built her business on Kajabi, which Um, Kirsten I do. That's my business partner and it's phenomenal. So just a little hack for all you tech geeks out there. (laughs) Is there anything that you want to share with people about like what they need to know going to this industry or being in this industry for a long time and not getting burned out? I mean, other than finding what they're passionate about or something like you wish
1: you knew, like how many years ago when you started? I, when I started, I tried to skip the apprentice stage i thought i was fabulous and i didn't know what i didn't know so like you said you went right into booth rental i would never tell you to do that i think you're taking it the hardest way you possibly could but it sounds like you didn't have much of a choice um i think watching from someone who is several years ahead of you in any job any any business just having that strong mentor relationship and asking questions is the best way you'll ever learn, especially hair color, cutting the angles, how it's falling, like you said, with Sophie falling forward versus spilling backwards, diagonal versus horizontal. Those are things that you can read them 10 times in a book and it's never gonna register until you see it happen in the hair. And if you try to to make all your mistakes on human guinea pigs, you never get a chance to get that person back in your chair. So I say watch someone else, okay. you know, maybe do like one piece or whatever, and then have like a weekly, you know, mentor hands-on with a doll head or someone who is willing, who doesn't care if you make mistakes, um, but just always, always learning, always Checking out new people, like I'll go on and check out Sophie B. I've been doing this 35 years, I'll go and check her out now because you said that. Where most people be like, Oh, yeah, whatever, she does what I do, I don't care, and we just go and watch something on Netflix. So, having that passion after 35 years is the biggest gift that I'm able to have in my life. That I can't imagine a day that I ever wake up and not care about the industry as a whole. But so many people only do education if it's required of them, the CEU education which is awful it's like about aids and how not to get aids doing hair like it has nothing to do with stuff behind the chair in most states um it's just a requirement that everybody like pushes through and rolls their eyes but true education new techniques you feel so inspired when you leave it's like you want to bottle up that feeling and keep it forever but it never lasts forever so you have to constantly keep keep
0: doing yeah i'm going to behind the chair it'll be my first hair show so i'm like oh nice I kind of just like, I like the learning, pro- I like the learning and the experience, like I don't really need to have a hair business right now, per se, but <laughs> I love the learning. Like I like doing hair so that like, it's not coming out of my pocket to go to behind the chair that my business is paying for me to go to behind the chair and, and learn some more and geek out. But if I'm not profitable, like my first year, I'm like, that's okay. Cause it's not coming out of my pocket to right. go buy a $400 hair dryer or whatever gadget that I think I
1: want to play with right now you'll love it and you'll love Austin that's a great city I Anything. was torn I wasn't quite ready to go to a big show right now I have too much going on but I'm, I'm missing the in-person camaraderie of uh, the energy of a hair show is like nothing else
0: yeah. And I'm going down to Charlotte in, um, cause I, I've used Jack Wynn. And so he's teaching a class and I'm super pumped because I'm going to meet him for the first time and take one of his classes and learn from those educators. So a girlfriend from school, she was the oldest one in the class. She was 50 something. I'm 40 something. We had one 30 something. Everyone else was young, but her daughter's my daughter's age. So we're going to make like a mom and me trip and oh, take nice. our girls. And we're going to go get our education on and they're going to hang out at the pool. And That's awesome. That's so fun. so fun. So Yeah. And then I think um, I got a trip in New Orleans and I had tickets for the hair show in New York city. Have you been to that one?
1: I, I teach that show. It's, it's, too. yeah, it's a great show. I've met a lot of my members from that show. Um, but they, I think they moved the date this year. I don't think it's March. I forget when it's planned for this year. And then um, I love doing the Orlando. If you ever get a chance to do the Orlando show, that's a good one. The premier Orlando, wow. um, but they move their date. Their dates are the exact dates of my revival. So I had to say no to teaching Orlando. I really was sad about that. I like that's that. Was favorite. Orlando this year or is it next year? It's this year. It's October 17th and 18th. Exactly the same dates as my revival. Uh, and where's your revival at? It's all online, but I, I'm hosting the show, so I can't. I can't miss it. <laughs> no, you can't. Okay.
0: And then, if we want to go to the revival, is that on your website? Or it will that- be.
1: Yeah, as soon as tickets go for sale, it will be. Yeah, it's it's really great. You get to if you buy a VIP all access, you get to keep all of the recordings of it and watch it over and over again. And it's not just somebody getting on talking like you and I are right now. It's actual technique, you know, they're walking you through a technique and you can replay it and do your own hands-on version. It's, it's really worthwhile to do. Awesome.
0: So before we part, Elaine, what are you a hair obsessed with right now in your life and in your business?
1: What am I hair obsessed with? Um, Right now, swatching. I think swatching is like the number one class you could ever take yourself um, I purchased this ring of pre-lightened hair swatches, and I'm going to do every single combination of a glaze or toner that you could possibly think of, because I want to see it on an individual piece of hair what it does. Um, so that's my obsession right now. My my whole room is filled with crazy hair swatches and posters and all of that. So that that's my current obsession for sure. Swatching. I
0: love it. Cool. Well, we'll have to get into swatching. And if you have any resources on where to get those or if you start retailing them, we can get them from you. I don't know if you thought about that, but yeah, I kind of do something weird and I'll keep people's hair every once in a while. Like if they have like- Yeah, no, natural hair, like, hair is way better. I'm like, this is going to be kind of weird, but I'm like, I like to practice on people's like
1: hair. They're like, that's fine. Was that's like, perfect. It's perfect. Like, it's really wonderful. perfect. I don't have any anybody's hair that I can cut. Yeah, that's, I would you, you be don't
0: have anybody's He was a strawberry blonde. And I was like, ooh, I haven't had Oh,
1: that's perfect. (laughs) No, I was like, I want to play with it.
0: (laughs) I want to play with your hair when you that's
1: awesome. (laughs) Which sounds so weird, but I don't mind being my weird self. (laughs) That's why. Well, thank you for having me. It's been great meeting you, and I wish you well. And I hope that you'll jump in on one of our fun training things and become a rock star colorist because it really is much simpler than it's been made out to be. I think some of the teaching gets too far into the facts and chemistry and not as much into the
0: behind the chair,
1: real life use. So yeah. I try to simplify all that.
0: Yeah, no, I'm totally, I'm ready to, I'm, I'm game for whatever you got going on and I can't wait to get your book and your swatches and your card deck. And thank you everybody who's listening and watching. Elaine is the real deal. If You want to know color, <laughs> look no further than, um, ExpertColorSolutions.com, solutions.com and we will see you around the interwebs everybody thanks for watching hey i don't want you to miss it elaine is hosting her annual virtual hair show called revival it's going to be october 17th and 18th it's all online so you don't have to go anywhere um If you go to her website, I'll put it in the show notes. You can go register for that. And it's not too late to grab the replays of her free event that she did leading up to this. So I'll put the link for that too and check it out. Um, I know it's going to be awesome. She does this once a year and it's coming up. So you can snag your virtual seat for that. I also want to say, make sure you check out the tools on her website. She's got the, um, fearless formula color guide with the swatches. I grabbed that. I have it in my station now. I'm so pumped to have that. And then I ordered the hairstylist, um, conversation cards that she has put together. I love those kind of things. And then, um, thank you, Elaine, for also including a copy of your book, A Colorful Journey. So make sure you go check out the resources there on her site. And I'll have links to all that in the show notes. Thank you, Elaine, for um, sharing your information and, and doing what you do. And thank you for being here and listening to the show. Peace out.